Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class a show that pays tribute to people of the past by sharing their stories today. I'm Gabe Lusier, and today we're looking at the largest surf rescue operation in Australian history, a day remembered by locals as Black Sunday. The day was February 6, 1938. Three massive waves created chaos on Australia's Bondi Beach. The wave cycle's powerful backwash dragged roughly 250 people out to sea, but thanks to the rapid response of a local life-saving club, all but five of the panicked swimmers were saved. The early months of 1938 were a busy time in Sydney, Australia. It was the 150th anniversary of the city's founding, and the months-long celebrations drew visitors from all over the country. One of the most popular spots for tourists and locals alike was nearby Bondi Beach, about seven kilometers, or four miles, east of downtown Sydney. Its white sands and clear waters always attracted large crowds on the weekends, but on February 6th, the crowd grew much larger than usual. The city had just kicked off a week-long international cricket tournament, and as temperatures rose, many fans headed straight to Bondi to cool off. Once there, they mingled with the usual weekend crowd of sunbathers and surfers, and by early afternoon, there were more than 35,000 people clogging the beach. The area was so congested that members of the Bondi Surf Bathers Lifesaving Club wondered if there would even be room enough to hold their weekly competition. There had been heavy seas all that morning, but the waves eventually calmed, breaking evenly about a hundred feet from the shoreline. At around 3 p.m., 60 or so of the club members stood around watching the water, waiting for the competition to begin. Then, out of nowhere, 
three enormous waves smashed into the shore in such quick succession that the water was unable to recede. The men, women, and children in the water were pummeled by the powerful waves, and when there was finally a lull after the third wave struck, the combined backwash of the cycle exerted tremendous force. Hundreds of dazed swimmers were suddenly swept into a deep channel and then pushed down into the open water. There was a moment of stunned silence on the beach, but then the lifesavers of the surf club sprang into action. Bondi's chief beach inspector, Tom Meager, later recounted the tough fight they had ahead of them, saying, quote, Fortunately, none of the swimmers were more than about 70 or 80 yards from the shore, but to get about 250 people clawing and grabbing in indescribable panic out of the surf was a tall order one that had not previously been attempted. The first line of defense that day was a series of seven surf reels, a piece of life-saving equipment pioneered by Sydney's surf clubs. Each reel spun out a line that could be attached to a special belt worn by a lifesaver, or beltman. Once affixed, the line could then be taken out to people in trouble, providing multiple swimmers with something to hold on to. Unfortunately, the water was so full of distressed bathers that the beltmen were often overwhelmed by those in need of assistance. With as many as 20 swimmers clinging to their ropes, several of the beltmen nearly drowned as they were pulled under by the very people they were trying to save. Some lifesavers even reported having to punch their way through a wall of panicked swimmers in order to reach those further out who were in even more danger. As the beltmen and real operators struggled to make headway, other club members and bystanders sought to assist however they could. Some men took to the water with surfboards, skis, or rubber rafts, while others swam out with nothing but their safety training to help them. Lifesaver Carl Jeppesen was one of the latter few. He reportedly dove into the surf to rescue six people without the aid of a surf reel or any other equipment. It took roughly half an hour to clear the water completely, and by the end, the beach looked like a battlefield. At one point, about 35 people were strewn unconscious on the sand as their rescuers worked frantically to revive them. One of the people aiding in those resuscitations was an American tourist named Dr. Marshall Dyer. Thanks to the quick work of he and dozens of others, all the unconscious patients were successfully revived. Dyer later commended the surf club for its swift response, saying, quote, I have never seen, nor expect to see again, such a magnificent achievement as that of your lifesavers. It is the most incredible work of love in the world. In total, approximately 250 swimmers had been rescued during that short, chaotic span, 150 of whom were completely unharmed. The vast majority of the others recovered quickly but there were five people who drowned. Their names were Bernard F. Byrne, Ronald D. McGregor, Leslie R. Potter, Michael Taylor Kennedy, and Charles Sweet Sauer, a German-born chef from East Sydney who died while saving a young girl. Given the scope of the emergency, it's a testament to the skill of the rescuers that the death toll was as low as it was. For its part, the Bondi Surf Bathers Lifesaving Club tried not to single out individual heroes, maintaining instead that, quote, everyone did his job. 
the Surf Lifesaving Association of Australia honored that stance by recognizing the entire club with a special meritorious award. As for what caused the disaster in the first place, experts now believe it was the work of a rip current, a powerful, narrow channel of fast-moving water. More specifically, the trouble at Bondi was likely an example of a flash rip, the most dangerous and least predictable kind of rip there is. A flash rip can be brought on by a sudden change in the water or tide and can move at speeds of up to 8 feet per second, faster than an Olympic swimmer. Today, rip currents, including flash rips, remain a constant threat on Bondi Beach. When one occurs, it's tempting to try to fight the rip by swimming straight toward shore. But since the water is moving much faster than a human can swim, this only increases your risk of drowning due to fatigue. A much sounder strategy is to swim parallel to the shore until you've escaped the current and then make your way back at an angle. Bondi's prestigious life-saving clubs will still be there if you need them, but if you can save yourself instead, I'm sure they'd appreciate the break. I'm Gabe Lusier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you'd like to keep up with the show, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, or you can get in touch directly by writing to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. A rested child is a happy child. Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation, so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, sleep tight stories. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.